This is episode 287 of the Gold Squadron Podcast. I'm your host, Dion Morales, and today I'm joined by Marcel. I actually played a casual event in person, like with toys and plastic things and people, like other people. Monsanto. That did not sound anything like me. Like, like me. Well, you didn't give me any direction outside of that, and I will try better next time. <laughs> Keep at it. Will, the the boys are back in town. Hakewood. Uh, lock, lock S-foils in attack position. And Ryan, I played Empire. I, I never play Empire. Stan Ozuski. It's, it's a very weird thing to be packing up Empire stuff to play. That's I never do that. It's like what is what is this? What is this? All right. Well, uh, today's podcast, of course, brought to you by our GSP patron. Becoming a patron makes you a part of our large group of supporters here at Gold Squadron. Patrons have access to our Patreon-only channels and Discord. And depending on what level you are, you get different gifts. We send out four waves of gifts a year, and uh, we do them in two shipments. Next one coming up in January. Our next uh, set features the Resistance, uh, our Heroic Squadron, as well as our uh, slightly modified plan for our holiday card. It's no longer going to be Jingo Jingo Wampa, but it will be three TIE Fighter pilots with a twist. You'll see. You'll see. Anyway, um, so today, you know, we after having like two weeks straight of like a bunch of spoilers, uh, early spoilers for things and, and events, just like all this stuff kind of being dumped, this week feels very calm compared to uh, the fire hose of content we've had over the last couple of weeks. So we have uh, we we have some topics today that are neither spoiler based <laughs> or event based. So let's jump into it. I first want to talk about the Isophane Initiative. Will, can you remind the people what the Isophane Initiative was? Uh, well, Isophane uh, is essentially uh, bringing together the community to get players uh, to worlds uh, through uh, some donations and uh, some sort of, uh, ooh, I don't know how to describe them, but essentially uh, fundraising uh, to get uh, players out to uh, worlds. Uh, there's been a bunch of people who have uh, applied uh, and it sounds like we got a geographic breakdown of who were able to get those funds. That's right. So Isophane said the total raised was $13,500. That is a chunk of change for sure. And they were able to help out 18 people from around the world. Ryan, you want to go ahead and give me that geographic breakdown? All right, we have Australia with three, we have Brazil with two, Canada with one, Germany with one, Sweden with two, United Kingdom with seven, and USA with two. Wide now, I mean, range across the board. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say absolutely amazing. And I know that Isophane said like there were other people who applied as well in his it's it's one of those where anytime you do a good thing, you the first thing you think of is like, man, 
I wasn't able to help everybody, but I want to take, I want to be on the, the end of being like, hey, a lot was done. So even though there were people who, you know, who didn't, didn't benefit from this, there's still 18 people who were able to, to make it that normally wouldn't have, uh, which is absolutely amazing. I think that's super awesome. And, um, yeah, that isoplane initiative uh, absolutely did what his goal was, and that was being able to bring a bunch of people uh, to the Chicagoland area for Worlds in March for Adepticon. Speaking of that, I want to tell you one of the questions that I'm getting a lot in my inbox um, the last couple days, my friends, with people starting to be like, oh, yeah, there's a Lance Chance qualifier. I, I, I feel like that announcement has kind of pushed people into like seriously considering coming um because like ooh, i have a chance of course what was what was the first question will that people started saying after like oh yeah a last chance qualifier it was what what's it gonna be right well they were saying oh, of course oh yeah what, when when because they want to know that they have to come on the 22nd or the 23rd i mean that one day is a big difference it so, absolutely i mean death count starts on wednesday Normally, that sounds right. I don't. I don't remember them actually having events though on Wednesday. That's kind of like no. a registration day. I thought it's a registration day. That's okay. Yeah, if you plan for Thursday, you're going to be good. If you want to roll that dice and plan for Friday, I don't know if I would do that. I wouldn't <laughs> recommend it. <laughs> I would plan to be there for Thursday, Friday, yeah. Saturday. And then, uh, of course, because I had people asking me, oh, Dion, when's going to be the LCQ? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't – I have not gotten information on that uh, either officially or unofficially. And trust me, once I know, I will let you know. I'm not, I'm not ashamed. I'm not under an NDA. I, I, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what I know as soon as I know it when it comes to that. Uh, but, Marcel, the next piece of information that people are asking is, what do I do – what can I do in quote-unquote Chicago? Now, I have to put that quote-unquote Chicago because reasons. Can you explain my quote-unquote, Mr. Marcel? Yeah, yeah. So, one second. <coughs> Coffee, cough. All right. Um, so, I live in Chicago, like in the center of Chicago. Dion lives in Chicago in the vicinity not in the vicinity in the in the border of in, the chicago not even in the border in, in the city in the city right. limits of chicago we are both i am about an hour and 15 minutes away from schaumburg uh you're probably about what, 45 45 minutes. yeah yeah so um so that's why chicago you're in chicagoland area extends all the way out chicago has three million people uh the chicagoland area has about six and a half million mm -hmm. so it, or actually it's getting closer to eight so it just shows you um when people talk about chicago like more than half of the time they're not talking so you're about an hour away from chicago having said that schaumburg is a is a really nice city um they don't have a whole ton of stuff to do i mean they've got bars restaurants you know the regular role you're going to be at a convention center so you're probably going to be uh doing nerd stuff with nerd people in nerd locations so you're probably going to be okay but if you're taking a long trip and you're coming in from um uh summer far and it's like your first time to mm -hmm. quote unquote chicago uh especially if you're coming in from overseas or one of you're one of the 
um, 16 people or 18 people because I assume the two people from the United States are not close by. So you're like you're one of the 18 people that are coming in um, or coming in for the first time. If you really want to see Chicago, plan for a couple days before or after to, because uh, there is a metro, so you could stay where you're staying and, and the metro will take you from uh, where you are. It's pretty cheap, actually. It's like a $15, $20. It's like a $15 uh, train ride. So mm -hmm. You can take a, like a $10, $15 train ride from Schaumburg to Chicago in an hour 15. Uh, I think the last trains run like at 11 p.m., but it gives you enough time to come in, in early in the morning, actually see the city, see the museum, see... By, by the end of March, the weather is probably in the uh, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. Like, it can range from like... Big time. From snowing to t-shirt and shorts like it, it you, you can it ranges um but you can definitely um you're definitely gonna have to plan an extra day or two if you actually want to see chicago which i recommend and if you do come to chicago by the end of march the architecture tour will be open that's probably like a hundred dollars no actually it even goes down to like 75 bucks it's a 75 dollar um boat ride that takes you the, through the chicago river it takes you uh, starts downtown by Navy Pier. It takes you down to the south side. It takes you to the north side. And it's kind of like when you go to Paris and, and you go to like the River CN tour and it shows you all the architecture and they explain what all the buildings mean and stuff like that or who created them. Really cool, cool, cool tour. Um, but you want to do those kind of things. You want to separate a different day and not the day that you're coming in to register. Don't say, well, I'm coming in Wednesday. We're playing Thursday. Because when you come in Wednesday, you got to prepare for your jet lag. You got to mm -hmm. prepare for uh, standing an hour and a half, two hours in line to get your badges. <laughs> and then two, three hours for dinner. And then hugging people that you haven't seen ever or in forever uh, for another. That's probably like six hours worth of hugs. So <laughs> At plan, least. On, plan on two, you know, plan on some, some time to make it to Chicago, but. Um, another way, if you don't want to make it all the way into Chicago, but you still want to get kind of like a Chicago vibe, uh, you can make it out to uh, Rosemont, which is probably only like 20, 30 minutes away from Schaumburg, and that's uh, by O'Hare Airport. And I don't know, there's a lot of cool stuff. You get like the, a lot of the Chicago vibe there as well. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the touristy stuff has been has been built up there. For sure. Um, one of my recommendations, again, it depends on when you get in, but if you have an extra day, uh, I'm personally a huge fan of the Art Institute of Chicago. Like, I, I, I love spending time there. I could just sit for hours and just look at all these different paintings, if you're into it. Um, I'm really big fan of that. Uh, if you like museums, uh, Museum in Science and Industry is really fun. I prefer the Field Museum over it, but again, it just depends on on what you like. Uh, if you're if you're into that, but yeah, the Art Institute is my my number one pick. But again, that's all the way into the city. That's like down the street from Marcel type of thing. All right, <laughs> you gotta. You also get the Lincoln Park Zoo is free. Yes, Lincoln and Park it's, Zoo it's, is free. It's beautiful because it's right on the lake. Uh, it's free to get in. 
and it's uh, it's Lincoln Park Zoo for a reason because it's actually a park. So it's it's a park that goes across. Um, it's just uh, in the north side of the Lincoln Park neighborhood, which is one of the nicest neighborhoods in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, so great area. You get to see the lake. You get to see animals. It's it's free, and it's maybe like a you know ten minute Uber ride to all these other museums that that Dion is talking about. Mm-hmm. And that and that's the other part. You got to figure out your transportation, right? Are you taking are, are you p- taking public transit? Are you planning on taking Ubers and Lyfts? Are you bringing your own vehicle? Um, how does parking work? All that. Um, Don't take public transit. You can take the metro. Take the metro. Like if you're coming from Schaumburg to the city and it's going to drop you off at Union Station or something like that. Yeah, that's fine. Don't take the elevated train. Because it's very easily, it's very easy to get on the wrong L. Correct. And end up in the L. Yeah, <laughs> with a big L. Of, yeah, like you don't want to end up in. There, there are spots. It is still Chicago. They call it Chirac for a reason. Like, <laughs> like Yo, don't scare them, Marcel. I'm just telling you, don't I'm, scare I'm just them. Don't, don't do. If, unless you know where you're going, don't. Do the public transportation, the public uh, orange line, the elevated train. Mm. If you're doing the elevated train, know where you're getting on and know where you're getting off. Correct. Because stay, it's stay, really easy to to correct. Not be so jolly. It's true. It's true. I also would recommend for if if you if you're not. Especially if you've never ridden public transit uh, like that. The other thing that can happen on the L is. You have more than one train in certain parts that more than one line that ends up on the same track. Because you're like, oh, this is where the blue line goes. Like, well, actually, blue, green, brown, yellow, all on the same track. And you got to know which one. You, just just be smart, guys. You'll be fine. <laughs> but, yeah, if you have anything specific, you know, you will, uh, you know, feel free to – you can ask us. We'll do the best we can. Uh, when it comes to food – now, Will, you're in Chicago a lot. You, you've taken Alyssa lots of dates and and perused around Chicago. What you got? A, you got a favorite spot or a spot where you're like, man, the food there, that was scrum diddly. I mean, the Chicago favorite Portillos. Last time I was there, I I forgot what I ordered. Like I literally like ordered it and then like I was just like, I'll take whatever. Uh, that is, uh, and I forgot that that's the sandwich that they put the sausage in with the meat. Yeah. Uh, uh, man, uh, that's fantastic. I don't know about, uh, like downtown. I went to the Hancock, uh, building, what is it? The 96 or something well, like the that? Signature room? The signature room is the steakhouse. No, I didn't, make a, I didn't make a reservation. No. I mean, <laughs> okay. The signature we were trying to just sit by a window. Then you, you went to, I think it's called 96. Yeah, uh, 96. When you go to 96, it's, it's free to get that in. But you, but you have a to lot smaller than what I thought it was going to be. Like, smaller? Or like the lower? block that it takes up? I don't know. Oh. Well, it, it's because the building goes like this. It's, it's wide and it... And it it's like the Eiffel Tower. Like it gets shorter mm. as you get higher. So by the time you get to the very top, to the 96th floor, um, and by the way, it's, it's a bar. The 96 is a bar. They got. They don't have bar food. They do have like actual food food as well. Yeah. Uh, they sure. got bar food, but they also got like actual meals. Their drinks are amazing. 
um uh, kayla and i go there pretty often just because it's you don't have to have a reservation you don't have to pay to go up like if you go to the sears tower or the willis tower to get the city view it's like 50 bucks to get up there you go to the hancock you go up for free and if you don't want to pay you just get yourself a glass of water but their drinks are amazing <laughs> Sorry, well, I cut you off. I like that place. No, no, I uh, I would say the same thing. All right. So, I mean, I, and then I know one of the things that always comes up is like, oh, should I get the pizza? And there's – here's – this is a – I think, Marcel, I feel like this has become a complicated question because because – it used to be, used to be like, hey, get yourself like deep dish is a like thing that Chicagoland area is known for, but I feel like Giordano specifically has gone like nationwide, like they're everywhere now, so it's not as special. But if you're in the in the states for the first time, and you don't have access to a Giordano's could be an interesting it's i mean i would tell you it's just good food i'll i'll, I'll be down for deep dish at any time like sure it's bread with cheese let's go all as, right uh, as someone who's been to chicago a few times has been to that restaurant and has had that pizza <laughs> um, you can't did, quote, he did quotes that is, that is not deep dish pizza that is a pie <laughs> There you go. Cheese, the pizza pie. That is, that, is a, that is a true pizza pie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a casserole. It's a pizza casserole. Yeah, realistically, they 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 cut. They try and sell you as a deep dish pizza. If you want like a real deep dish pizza, you need Detroit style. And I'm not saying that just because I am from the area. Detroit style deep dish pizza is the premier deep dish pizza. I, I've heard that one called. What was it called? Uh, shoot. I'm going to have to look it up. There, I, I heard another word for the Detroit style, and it wasn't called deep dish. They called it something else. Look it up. It has, like, crispy edges on the outside mm-hmm. and things. It's not pan style. Detroit style pan pizza recipe. Uh, Detroit style pizza other days. Please hold. <laughs> a Detroit style by any other name would taste. I don't know. That's just like a saying. Anyway, did you, I, know, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Um, but yeah. So when it comes to Chicago, the the actual style of pizza that like another style of pizza that Chicago's known for is called tavern style pizza. At least that's what I've known it right. And that's the very very thin crust. It's uh very not as fancy focaccia bread. All right, essentially is what it is. But yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. It looks like Nutano Nutano threw us a threw us a link here. Chicago pizza versus Detroit pizza. Very good. Very good oh, article. The, then they got the Green Lantern. The Green Lantern's a real good pizza place in our area. Speaking of Detroit, super random. Ryan, I got to talk to you. I might have a composing gig in Detroit. Are oh. you anywhere near Detroit? Like, tell me where in Detroit, and I'll tell you how far away I live from there. I don't, that, I don't know. They're like, we're in Detroit. I'm like, cool. I know a guy in Michigan. I have friends there. <laughs> I don't know. Michigan is mean, a big if state. Me, if you let me know the building or the name of the place that it's supposed to be at. Cool. We'll talk later. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, stuff you want to do in Chicago, 
There you go. Uh, somebody said, I hear you can get some authentic Puerto Rican tostones in Chicago. It's true, but I don't know. Mm. You got to make it out to like Humble Park or something, right? Right. I'm trying to think where's a safe place they can Well, just have a friend. <laughs> Have a friend. Don't go by yourself. Yeah, go in a group. Have a friend. You'll be fine. Do have some really good. uh, Actually, some good. Yeah, some good body cloth food around here. If you if you want to get some really good Puerto Rican food and you want to be super close to my house and you're coming here on like a Tuesday or Wednesday, I will meet you there. The restaurant called Ponce. Amazing. I'll meet you. Be like Dion. We'll be there Tuesday. Like, let's go. Yeah. So all right. Let, let's 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 actually just add to that a little bit. So Chicago is a melting pot. It's it's a literal melting pot. It's like yeah. New York, in that regard. So if you want Cuban food, they have, have an amazing Cuban place here. If you, if you got you want Greek food, they have Greek town. They have of course Italian everywhere. Um, they have we have a v- Vietnamese uh, area. Everybody has a Chinatown. So I think Chinatown. Um, it's kind of a given. Uh, we do have close to Schaumburg uh, a Japanese um, region. So if you want like Japan, so th- there's a little bit of everything. Uh, so no matter which which type of food you want, you, you're You'd be a bound find. to find something that's good and uh, pretty close to authentic. Uh, because again, it's just such a melting pot. And then if anybody else wants any additional, like, very specific specialties, whether it's um, something that's like a hole in the wall that's, like, famous only to the underground, you know, only to the locals that have been here, or if you want something that's, you know, upscale, you come in with, with a special somebody and you're, have, and, you know, you're celebrating something and you want something that's, uh, you know, one of the Michelin places or something like that that, that we'd recommend, I would say hit me or Dion up. And we're more than happy to to point you in the right way. That's right. You can never go wrong with smoke barbecue, by the way. S O M O Q U E. My Sunday night place. Somebody <laughs> on Facebook tagged me. It was like, I know the owns that smoke on Sundays. It was great. <laughs> anyway. Well, speaking of that too. So, say you were planning to come a little earlier to enjoy some of the stuff before the event. I'm always a large proponent that. Very likely, the the cut of the X-Wing event is going to be on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. If you can, try and have your flight out or the day you're leaving be Monday. Give yourself you can, that yeah. extra time if you, if you can. I'm not saying it's a must and you have to, but I can't tell you how much better it feels to like just enjoy that day, whether you're playing, play and maybe get cut out early because you lost, or maybe you go all the way. Who knows? Like not having to worry about traveling that night because you got to make a plane and you can just have fun and enjoy the festivities of the finals of the event, whether you're in it or not. And then for the the night out later is always really good on that one, too. So if you can leave Monday morning, Monday midday, try and go for that. Yeah. A hundred percent agreed. So there's your planning for worlds session of the day. We're going to move on now to our next topic. So um, in the rush to talk about all of these new cards we never really got to analyze break down talk about the battle of yavin scenario um from the four of us ryan's the only one that has played it so what i'm doing essentially is i want to take an opportunity to talk about it with you our audience but also i want to learn more about it because i've been a little busy 
and I would like to take some time to talk about it because I think it lo- it looks like something fun to do. Do we know? Are there any places online where the rules for this are? Have we seen? Um, Infinite Arenas has some of the condition cards related to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's check Yasby because they they if you didn't know, I was reminded of this recently. Yasby has a rules section besides just the card browser. I don't know if it has scenario rules. Um, or otherwise, I can grab my pack, which is right over there, too. But I know it doesn't help you show it to the people. That's all right. Let's see, does does uh, the X-Wing Wikipedia... They did, they did pull up the uh, the attack run in Yahoo uh, conditions in an article. Um, but it doesn't go over anything That's else. True. So I think Attackron kind of explains what, what you're supposed to be doing in this scenario, though. Yeah, yep. most of it's taken care of there. There's a couple other small rules that I remember doing when I played it that may not be listed in hey, some of it, the resources. Not even joking. Anybody at home right now, if you have those rules right there, if you could open it, snap a picture, send it to me on Discord. That'd be great. <laughs> Haven't been able to find a digital copy of it. Yeah, because I, I want to talk about the Battle of the Oven. It sounds like a uh, right a good. In the world, what? That's that's. It, it sounds desk. like you're putting Ka-dum. missiles in the chute or something. Dun dun. Sorry, I put the Yavin. Oh, Natano's sending me a Google desk. Drive link. All right, sweet. Because when I went to go pick up mine three times at this point, they, it hasn't been available. So, big sad on my part. But shout out to Natano1 who says, I'm sending you a G Drive link. Appreciate you, fam. Boom. Man, there it is. This is like. I need access. I'm requesting access. Make it public. Well, that's a very large, like. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yep. <laughs> Sign off. <laughs> All right, so um, just some context and how I played it. Um, I played it with three other people. We actually split it up as like a 2v2 um, where there was a team Rebels and there was a team Empire. You don't have to do it this way. It's not even said the rules is the way you're supposed to do it, but I think it was a pretty good experience first time around. Um, Myself and my friend Jeremy, we played as Empire. Um, I basically took the the Black Squadron half of it, where I was Vader and a bunch of TIE Fighters. Um, He took all the Sigma Squadron Interceptors. And for the Rebels, I played against Kyle, who... Uh, took the Red Squadron X-Wings minus Biggs uh, just for how points played out and what they wanted to bring. And then Richard took all the Y-Wings available. So they actually didn't take Han. So the whole Yahoo thing, we didn't, they didn't decide to bring that. All right. You do, you don't have to. Um, so for the basis of that it was i mean we didn't we, we didn't really like talk to each other too much in terms of like you know oh what what are you dialing what are you dialing? we were just kind of like we're worried about our own squad if we run into each other we go oh, that happened <laughs> <laughs> type of thing um not that we were forbidden to talk to each other but just how it rolled um so when you set up 
um, if you want to go scroll down a little bit there, yeah, you have your uh, specific deployment zones. So as you can see, it's not the standard, like, you get the entire range one of your board edge. You get range one, and in, if you're rebels, so if you're from the rebel board edge perspective, you're going to be on the right-hand side of your board edge, range five uh, distance, and then range one up. So you get a, a smaller square in your corner. The trench is range three from the board edge of the Empire. So it's a little bit more on their side. Rebels have to go attack it. Um, you're given that cardboard out of the pack. It's really actually well done. It's very simple. Just puzzle piece itself, one edge to the other. Until you get the whole thing. Uh, it's got little dotted lines to help guide you where your nubs should line up with your ship when it does decide to go in for the Rebels. And it's... you. Just need to know the distance of what straight maneuver you're doing. We'll get into why it has to be a straight, because um, it's basically in the rules that way. So when you deploy, um, the rebels had the option, if they wanted to assign the Yahoo condition, to assign it to a large base ship that would stay in reserves until an X round where they would come in. The Empire has to choose three ships to put in reserves, and they will also come in uh, specifically on turn three, which is the same turn where ships can start going into the trench. So you cannot actually have a rebel ship go into the trench until the end of turn three. Yeah, they wanted to have a little bit of the fighting and then you go in. Uh, to have a ship, a rebel ship, to be able to go into that trench, they have to be overlapping the trench. So there's kind of an initial mad dash to kind of control an area where the rebels can jump in, and anyone, any ship can do it. The Y wings, the X wings, uh, any sorry, any small ship can do it. Uh, the Falcon cannot jump in and start doing a trench run. Right. Uh, <laughs> a little big. Is the and, and again, I don't have, I haven't been able to get my hands on it yet. Is the is the track for the for the trench? How how like wide is that in reference to like uh, a, a small base? Well, I would say looking at this, um, I would say it has the. I think the width of a big base. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that looks about right. Yeah. If you see the dotted lines, that's where your that's where your your maneuver template straight would would occur. Mm -hmm. So I would say that's about as wide as a big base. Okay. Very cool. That's why it doesn't fit because the the walls right here, mm. big base no fit. Big kachong 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 kachong. Um. And yeah, you, like this is. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight total pieces used to take to make the entire trench all the way down to the exhaust port at the end. Nice. You gotta fire that proton torpedo. All right, so let's or let's advance talk. proton torpedo. So that's the other thing. You have to have, you have to be a to be able to make the attack run. You have to be a small base ship with advanced proton or proton torpedo. Now, with how the uh, standardized loadouts were built, it definitely sort of has, it gives yourself an idea of what are the best ships available to this based upon uh, the attack run condition, which is, I don't know if that's actually in 
your sheet, but it is on infinite arenas, or it isn't there? Yeah, right, cool. The PDF there. So, um, do you want me to read the whole thing specifically, or just kind of pickpock stuff out of there? Uh, sure, go ahead. You can you can pick pick stuff. So, uh, you're assigned the condition um, when you're assigned the condition, which is when a ship enters the trench. Um, you acquire lock in the exhaust port regardless of range. So you just you in the trench, you have a lock. You start your lock to attack the exhaust port. It cannot be broken or removed until the attack run condition is removed. Um, and it can be broken by by or spent only to reroll attack dice during attacking the exhaust port or to refresh force. So a little bit for Luke. Um, when you're in the trench, only straight maneuvers. Um, if you would execute a non-straight, you have to do a two straight instead um, and take a deplete. Um, you cannot move or be moved except by executing your maneuver or performing a boost with the straight template. So the Biggs, Wedge, and Luke, who have attack speed, works really well for them to be able to do a, a straight maneuver and then do a boost straight for free and then still get their action. Uh, while they're in the trench, uh, any ship that's not overlapping the trench um, cardboard itself um, mm -hmm. will will basically it's treated like obstructed where the defender will have an additional agility die when they are defending so unless the, those ships are also in the trench with them or overlapping uh, the defenders can be harder to hit especially if you're Luke with and you have three agility if range bonuses still occur so if you're range three obstructed basically you're Luke really really hard to hit um, but the ship running, doing the attack run will engage in initiative zero. So that it's not like ha being I-5 or I- You got no whatever. advantage there. No advantage, right? You're in there. Everyone's given the chance to, to wail on you before you make the final run through, um, which I think is cool because uh, once you are in those X-Wings, Luke, Wedge, or Biggs, and that mm -hmm. attack speed is going, they, they move. If, if you don't have a way to force them to slow down a little bit, uh, they only need about a turn or two, to, uh, well, two or two to three at the most to make it all the way over. Um, so you can only attack, as I said, the exhaust port with the proton torpedo or advanced proton torpedo. Range, range of that attack still matters. So if you have advanced, you need to be range one. If you have proton, you need to be range two to three. Um, before attacking, you may break the lock and exhaust port to refresh all your inactive force charges. So if for any reason you would rather take a uh, instinctive aim shot instead of a regular proton torpedo shot from there, uh -huh. you could do that on the more thematic end of things. Uh, after attacking the exhaust port, if your maneuver would cause you to leave, so if you have no more room, you can't go straight anymore, yeah. you then must exit the trench. Um by what maneuver, uh, whatever you can do to still stay on the board is my guess. Now, hard hard it turn. It, it, it won't force you to leave the board of the game. Okay. So uh, here I got to go. Okay. You, you, can, you can choose to exit the trench. If you are not completely overlapping the trench, remove the condition. All right, so I got I got a couple of questions just because th the first couple things come come to mind. So when you jump into the trench, do you have you start all the way on one end? regardless of where you, you enter start at the beginning you're making the full run whether you are base touching like the exhaust port end you start yeah. 
at the back. They make right. you do the full. Run. They make you do the full for the full trencher. I mean, that, that makes sense because because you know the the first thing I thought I was like, what? Okay, what if I just come uh, right here, bank in? All right, I'm overlapping, make the shot, and then get out. All right, you do have to actually survive the run. Yes. Ooh. Okay. Crazy. So you there, there's actually that's a Robert Kreider is right. So you do have a bit of a uh, of a uh, fast travel ability in this. So if you if mind you, of course, you're setting up the rebel deployment is on the side of the board where the trench run begins, right? Yes. So you have this kind of jump in uh, jump ability. So let's talk a little bit about the squad you have to bring here, uh, Will. Squad building. How's it, you know, if you're playing one-on-one, -on -one, how's this supposed to work? Uh, well, uh, you have to uh, choose a squad that has between four and ten ships. Um, they can total up to 35 squad points. Uh, the Imperials can only have small base ships, can't have bombs, because uh, bombing the trench would seem really good. Uh, <laughs> or, uh, yeah, ion bombing the trench just seems smart, you know. Uh, throw some counter nets in there. So maybe not. Uh, but the Rebels cannot include medium ships. What's a medium-based Rebel ship? U-Wing, I guess? U-Wing. Uh, uh, K-Wing. Oh, the Arcs. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, and may include up to one large ship. Very cool. So it says one, one of the parts here at the top says the narrative scenario is designed and balanced around the standard loadout cards included in the Battle of Yavin pack. If both players agree, squads may include other ships and upgrades. The scenario squad building rules are as follows. So if you want to go crazy, you could be like extended Battle of Yavin alternate universe version. Yeah, we were trying to after the game, we were trying to think of like, all right, what other rebel ships have torpedoes that could be a better attack run than these x-wings mm. they are pretty good um uh, Sabine a torpedo oh wait does hera as well or she only get the missile she that must the be missile. the a-wing i'm thinking of yeah sabine a-wing gets a torpedo hmm. okay did uh did the y-wings ever get in the trench uh to try to uh do the attack run in our game no but i've seen plenty of people post online that like they had a Y-Wing go in the trench and actually made the complete run to destroy them. <laughs> nice! I mean, if, I mean, if they're distracted like, by Wedge and Luke, I mean, maybe, maybe Dutch pulls it off? It's definitely the least optimal, that's for sure. Because, <laughs> uh, oh, man, yeah, Luke, yeah, Luke can speed down there and he's got force in the lock. Um, regular proton torpedo. So if he, if, he, if he whiffs one, as long as he's got another charge left, he can just do like a one straight slow down and try again. Now, Marcel, look at, looking at these squad building rules, uh, if you're playing as rebels, what, what do you what do you have any ideas of maybe what you'd be grabbing? Um, four to ten ships with thirty five points. Um, Hi, Caleb. Like, <laughs> they, they said hello because they know you're messing with me. Uh, anyway, uh, five, four to ten ships with. 35 points i'd probably be going for the um for the battle of yavin ones that already have the torpedoes on there uh-huh uh i mean just by hearing the, the uh, valley right and 
Well, yeah, just by hearing Ryan say that, like, uh, Wedge, Biggs, and Luke seem to be the, the, the best suited for that, especially with, like, that free boost. Um, and, I mean, other than that, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'd probably try to get 10 ships in there. You, probably, uh, you, you know would try to go for all out, 10? I would probably go for the numbers, yeah. Oh, um, trying to get some A-Wings, trying to get Aaron Kraken in there? Yeah, get some Z-95s. I mean, you don't have to go with just Battle of Yavin stuff. You can put, throw some Z-95s in there. Hey, might, might, might even throw a, uh, like, a, uh, the little Rebel TIE Fighters in there. I don't know. Just mm-hmm. find some three-pointers in there. stole one just some... before the fight. Yeah. <laughs> Yoink, this is mine. I mean, <laughs> I, I would say the first time you play it, do just the cards from the pack, and then you'll see beyond like what else is interesting. Um, I, I actually think it'd be really funny. I, I haven't heard of anyone doing this yet, but if someone, if, if the Empire had uh, first player in one of the in one of the later rounds, uh-huh. and Jack Porkins is making the run, and they kill him in I four, but lets him do his like straight move to get the range one advanced proton torpedo kill on the Death Star, so he full sacrifices himself but gets the job done. Be- I can hold it. <laughs> I love it, love it, Marcel. Listen, I'm home. Let's plan a day to do this. I want to play this. I told you. I, I said, tell me when. Hit me I up. Actually, I, I ordered it on um, uh, in that to that from that store I went yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, here in Wicker Park. Yeah. Uh, they said it. They, I pre I ordered it from them, so they ordered it for me. So I should have it maybe within you know by next week. All right, let's do it. I'm home. All righty. So for the Rebel squads, cannot include medium ships. Uh, but may include up to one large ship. So w- large ship for Rebels, we have, of course, uh, in the pack, we have the YT-2400. Oh, sorry, oops, sorry. Er, pause. 1300. Other options include what, Will? I uh, got the Ghost and the 2400, Dash Render, the Outrider. <laughs> uh, actually... Uh, well, there's no obstacles, A, for Dash. Uh, but B, uh, Kanan would actually be pretty useful in this. He could protect people in the trench as well. From oh, uh, being, being a rage too? Like, no. No. Nope. Yeah, but nah, <laughs> nah. No. Protect my friend. That's right. I, on the Imperial side, though, hmm. Um, so what, what did you end up bringing for the, for the Empire side, Ryan? So I had... Uh... These are, these are all Yavin here. Vader, uh, Backstabber, Mauler, Wampa. And then the last ship, because I only had three points, there was another three-point uh, TIE Fighter from Yavin available. Um, we just said I could just pick another three-point TIE Fighter that's from the custom stuff, and I yeah. just went with Aiden. Cool. I mean, that makes sense. Because <laughs> we, we'll, we'll... uh, we wanted to let the other half of the Empire just be all the Interceptors. So we we'll, just didn't have the points up to put in another three-point Yavin ship. Oh, okay. So you did. We did. One person was Tie Fighters. One person was Interceptors. Yeah, like I said, since we did two v two, we broke up, and he did the Sigma Squadron Interceptors, and then I did Black Black Squadron, as in like Vader and his Tie Fighters. Ah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So, how many points did you guys end up? Was it? Did you end up being at thirty five? Yeah, I think it was about thirty five flat. Nice. 
Awesome, awesome. All right, so let's let's keep scrolling down here. Scenario setup. We talked about that a little bit. That uh, trench being set up, range three from the imperial side, and you have that five by one uh, area. Then we get into the nitty gritty here. Placing forces. First, the rebel player may assign the Yahoo condition to one friendly large ship, and the imperial player must choose three small ships from their squad list and place them in reserve. All right, so that's an auto. You don't have these three ships until later. Yep, and we it's ended up uh, kind of splitting up. So I, I kept Mauler and Backstabber out. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't want to leave Vader also out because they didn't have a large ship that they brought to Yahoo. Mm -hmm. um, so they had all their ships available at the first turn. So we didn't want to take back Vader out of the fight. Um, and then Jeremy kept one of the interceptors out. So one interceptor and then the duo of Mauler Backstabber kept out. And who ended up winning your guys' game? The Rebels won. Um, Vader ate up a bunch of Y-Wings. Um, Mauler, Backstabber, and Wampa uh, did a number on Wedge uh, as well with the Interceptors. Um, but Luke snuck in with a hopeful boost to get onto the... get onto the... Um, the trench, like hopeful boosted over a TIE fighter to get onto mm -hmm. the trench. And then once he was there, we were like, we looked around, we're like, we're not in a good position to chase him down here. And he just ran all the way across in about like three turns and delivered the proton torpedo kill to the Death Star. Nice. All right, and it looks like there is a turn count in the scenario. At the end, it says here, uh, for victory, Rebel player wins immediately if the Death Star, is Star, Death Star is destroyed. Of course, it's happening at Initiative Zero, right? That's when that shot's happening. So it'd be essentially the end of a turn. Um, during the end phase, the Imperial player wins if all the Rebel ships have been destroyed. That makes sense. Uh, seems unlikely, uh, but but I, it, it can happen. And then at the end of the ninth round, the Death Star commences primary ignition and the imperial player wins so there's no timer for this it's just it's just play. oh yeah i mean this this isn't competitive so i mean mm -hmm. they want this scenario to come to a conclusion whether it's and because the, the the theme of the death star getting it shot off like there is a time there is a time slash round limit it's like you only have this many rounds to get the job done otherwise you lose gone empire wins uh, so this is this is a great uh a great scenario to use those if you haven't used a, uh one of those like turn counters that people have i know i have a nice curled paw one that is the death star to be a nice uh nice piece to use it man nine rounds how many rounds did you guys get through do you remember uh let me count so we have uh, so after the third round when baller backstabber came in I'd say six at the most. Mm -hmm. All right, let's see. We got some. We got some players in the chat who uh, who had some experience playing. So this is from Spike Fire Pew. He says uh, we we found that Vader had to deploy right at full range one, and the ties with him need to drag behind. Otherwise, it leaves room for the large base rebel ship to get in behind them. Ooh. Sneaky. Yeah, for the Yahoo. We didn't have to worry about the Yahoo, but we also had to worry about every rebel ship in the in the field being there and we had to leave some ships in reserve. So 
Um, it's not like we didn't have our own problems to solve. Uh, but yeah, I can see how Yahoo, you'd have to like worry about how badly am I going to get flanked by a whole falcon here? Right. Now, what is uh, this here? I, I, I have you now. What is that? <laughs> I'll say if you... Um, to kind of sell this is a reason why you should play this. Um, I don't think I've ever felt so Star Wars-y of an experience in a long time uh, than, than this scenario. Um, it hits everything very well. It definitely feels like you're, the hero characters who got the job done in the movies are the best ones to do the job in this scenario. It feels really cool to have... Uh, even though I had to keep some of the Empire ships out of reserve, felt really cool when they came in just screaming by with the afterburners with Mauler and Backstabber trying to find a target and mow it down. Um, I, you know, we didn't get the Yahoo experience, but I'm pretty sure even that would notch it up another level to make it mm. feel like the Battle of Yavin. Um, and I think the trench mechanics are all very well done. Uh, there's some people who've posted online about like how some things might be able to be uh, slowed down a bit, like if the Empire list like overdoes blocking and slows down the trench runs, it doesn't feel as steamy that way. Mm. But um, I mean, you you have to really go out of your way, I think, to set that up in a not feels good experience. Right. I think by that time you've played this scenario a couple times to like figure out how to do it and optimize it, which. I don't think it's what this is really meant for. This is meant to just kind of like put the scenario down, have fun, and enjoy the Battle of Yavin, like in in the feel of the Star Wars um, battle that that it was, and trying to capture it. So, if you're feeling ever burnt out trying to tweak your competitive list or figure out what you're going to play in the next event, but you still want to play X-wing and you want to have a good time, play play Battle of Yavin. It worked out really well. That's cool. Yeah, I, I want this. This is this is right up my alley. What I need right now. I wanna. I wanna play this. So let's let's talk about that. So b technically, bumping rules do work the same way in in this as it does in the quote unquote standard game, um, which is why I did see that that question come up in the chat as well. How does that? How does that? That all work? Um, so you, I, I think you had mentioned there is like a defensive bonus or something like that if you're in the trench. Yeah, if you are in the trench uh, and the other ship attacking you isn't also overlapping the trench cardboard, you get one additional agility, as if it was, like, obstructed. Got it. Okay. But I'm not, not applying the rules for anything obstructed-related if you were to bring in other ships that, like, with trick shot or something like that. Right. It, it doesn't say in the rules as obstructed. I'm using as an example. It's, like, how it would feel when you're playing... You shoot into someone in the trench. It's hard to shoot them in the trench because they're inside the wall, whatever. So right, it's this idea of that you're like it's a three, thinking in three dimensional space. You have a trench here, and this other ship is kind of coming from above or from the from an angle, not yeah. directly actually and like you behind think, you. Like, they're like, oh, but what if I just come straight from above and look down? Well, my guess is if you were coming straight above looking down, you're like a, a lame duck in the air for anyone to shoot out of the sky. That's this is true. <laughs> so that's why everything was like at an angle and uh, it'd be more difficult to shoot someone in the trench. All right, cool. So then we talked a little bit about the attack run already, the exhaust port. 
Uh, will, ooh, what, what is this right here? So he says, uh, can only be attacked with proton torpedoes or advanced proton torpedoes. While attacking the exhaust port, you may spend two force to change a focus to a crit. While attacking the exhaust port. Oh, okay, this is what I missed. This line right here. Will, what, what, what is this very important line right here to actually, to actually destroy the Death Star? <laughs> Uh, the exhaust ports uh, is a scenario feature. It can be destroyed only as a result of an attack uh, that has by a ship that has been assigned the attack run condition. Uh, ships cannot perform uh, lock actions, blah, blah, blah. But the exhaust port can only be attacked by those proton torpedoes and advanced proton torpedoes. You can even spend two force, change the nine ball to a crit, but the while attacking the exhaust port, if the attack dice show at least two crits, the Death Star is destroyed because these torpedoes do give a natural crit. Uh, so really emphasizing uh, uh, Luke turning off his targeting computer uh, yes. to get all that force back. And that, that's what that's what I was I was thinking about. It's like, wait, well, I didn't quite it hadn't quite clicked why you were saying Luke is the best. I was like, well. You have the single oh, crit. I, I think Wedge gets marksmanship. He should be able to get two crits as well. People were trying to figure out whether or not, because marksmanship as a card I mean, says when attacking a ship. I mean, it's not a ship, but I'm pretty sure they made the standard card. I I believe the intent was that right. Wedge had another way to do it. It just what it just came from an, a hit to a crit and not an eyeball, mm -hmm. or or whatever. It's Wedge can do it second best. Or, or he can't because actually he wussed out at the Battle of Yavin and left. I, yeah, there's that. I mean, hey, if he would have kept it in his bullseye, he might have done it. He might have. He just, True. He just like, Vader scared him too much. <laughs> I mean, I, I'd be concerned. Same. Same. <laughs> All right. Cool. All right. That's, that's absolutely awesome. And as, as always, super sweet art. Thank you to anybody who actually tested this. All the peeps down there. Um, yeah, Battle of Yavin. Hmm. I'm so sorry. I'm gonna re I'm gonna reserve my thanks until after I play it. True. <laughs> true. 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 So um, maybe in the next uh, week or two, we'll get together and either thank them or uh, or come back and complain for for yeah. an hour and a half. I'll say that the results of this have me excited to see how the Siege of Coruscant works. I'm now, curious granted, what the goal is. So in this in the in the movie, you were saving Palpatine, right? From right. the Separatists? You were trying right. to attack the Invisible Hand capital ship, which is Grievous's capital ship, enough to break the shields to get into the hangar bay for Obi-Wan and Anakin to save Palpatine. I Here's believe they talked about it on a stream. There's already like kind of a, a preview image of like the cardboard of the invisible hand itself as a scenario feature cardboard to exist on the mat. Do but you they get talked to about at some point, like once Anakin and Obi land in the ship, there's like a small mini game built into it to make sure they actually got Palpatine out or how many how long it takes them to get out before their Adas can come back out of the hangar 
and join the fight to leave or, or however it works in some capacity. Right. That, that was gonna, that's what I was going to ask next. Like, do you get to crash the invisible hand into Coruscant? <laughs> um, hmm? Yeah. You just take take the whole cardboard and slowly start moving it past everything. Stuff better get out of the way. That's right. That's how you win the scenario. You got to get it off the board. That's Coruscant <laughs> off the board. <laughs> Community built scenario coming soon. Uh, I'm I sure. I think it might be a nightmare to actually physically try and say, "All right, this giant capital ship cardboard now has to move underneath or past all these ships that are sitting where they're supposed to be on the mat." <laughs> I mean, if There's you're in no the way of that thing, you're dead anyway. That's what you you died. You died. Boom, 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 boom. Just start exploding hey, your ship stuff. Was there? Don't bother marking it. It dead. Bye. <laughs> That's the easy way. That's the easy way to solve. It. You just start removing ships on the board. All right. So Battle of Yavin. You know, if you haven't given it a shot yet, uh, consider it. I know that it's on. Uh, it's on my to do list. Uh, and I know with Black Friday around the corner, that's the release date for. The well, which which pack? I know we have a, a couple coming out. Which one comes out this Friday? This Friday, aka Black Friday, is supposed to be Hot Shots and Aces Two. Oh shit! And then the next Friday, December second, is Siege of Coruscant. All right, so we got d double releases back to back. So get your get your Christmas list ready, right up to Santa. So Santa baby, I need me some card packs. Get them. Sure to. Pre-order from your LGS, whether yes. let the person know who's maybe gifting them to you for the holidays to pre-order. Um, because it seems like, as Dion mentioned early on, that he's been trying to keep an eye out for Battle of Yavin packs. There's not as many of them. Um, if you pre-order, they're going to be there. Just, yep. If you're planning on do it, just do it. It's easier for the stores. It's better for the stores. They Because they know how much interest there is in those products at that point. And they can make sure they're stocked as releases come in the future. So the more you pre-order... The more you can obviously guarantee you're going to get it when you want it and have it instead of having to worry about when the restocks are coming. And then that supports the LGSs and making sure they know immediately how many they need to order to make sure they fulfill the pre-orders on top of what they need on their shelves. All right, you know, GrimWolf03 did point out something. It has been a year. Uh, maybe next episode, GSP Shopping Guide, bring it back. For we the holidays, that. right? That's right. I think it's time. We'll we'll bring it back next week. Um, I, the the premise: Do we maybe do new player, an experienced player, some something like that? Because I I don't know. I feel like especially with the card packs and, and things like that, my, things things have changed. The way we have to mm. view things. I know. I was personally being a little. I wanted to wait until the new beginner packs come out new or new core, set. new core sets I, I think i think maybe just on the timely purpose of it we focus on the holiday end of things yep and if you were trying to get a new player into it gifting them some stuff on a holiday basis uh, but maybe not go all out um or uh, if you're gifting for someone who already has some stuff you know how to make sure you're getting the right things i don't know um I wouldn't go full blown like you're saying because yeah, I do think it's worth waiting for like the real in depth to know when we get those starter packs because they're supposed to be in 2023, whether they're mid or later half, I don't know, but I feel like mm -hmm. whether it's at Adepticon or a little after Worlds, I feel like that's where we might get like an actual physical visual announcement of those. That are. would be the time to do it to to yeah. raise some hype. Crazy world championship, 
talk about new stuff that never happened before for each faction that's supposed to have four ships in each box it's a big deal the first ever starter set style that that, uh miniature games normally have for each of their armies or factions i know i know tangent in order for those to be successful in the long run they have to make me want to buy them all yeah so yes they'll be great for new players that want to get into the game or people who haven't gotten into like one or a two specific or more faction. factions but man if you if there's no reason for a current player to buy them it's just going to be more conversion kits on the shelves later <laughs> more why didn't we sell more of these i didn't have to and i think I you got to go buy pa- them you got to go past also just like oh, but there's repainted ships i'm like i i know a guy i could do that for probably cheaper <laughs> right like you that that i don't think a repainted ship is the answer amg for listening I'm telling you you got to make me want to buy it everything in there don't have to be new but enough of it needs to be new where it's like well i have no way else to get that people will complain about it but like how dare you make me want to do it but that's good business i'm telling you all right. How dare you make me spend I mean, more f- money on your product? Here's money. I'll spend money and have your product I mean, anyway. You you had uh, some flappy wings to your ships, and you know I'll be buying them as well. Uh, they can, oh, I, I would they have can never get some bought... extra articulating models. Oof. That's what it is. So. I never would have repurchased a second edition B-Wing unless it had all that articulation. That was so cool. Well, true. So, Nobby says you totally would rebuy a painted ship. I mean, maybe it depends. Oh, but here's a problem: like I have, I have several uh, X wings. I have several Tie fighters. You know, I got, I got vultures for. De- I got three variations on vultures, right? Like you, you got, you got to make me want to buy it. Okay, so our next topic for today, our last topic for today, uh, it's a bit of a brainstorm. Um, we, the, the boys had asked me right before the show was like, Dion, what's your plan for the next GSP event series? What, what, what are your plans? Part of me is waiting for software to be ready. Now, from my understanding, roll better is probably going to be the first solution that I end up going to for, uh, our first event series of 2023. Um, and that supposedly next couple weeks should be ready to go um but i want to brainstorm a little bit i want to brainstorm with you three as well as our people who are here on a weekly basis they're here every monday you guys are 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 a big part of our community and those of you who listen every week as well hit us up on discord send me messages i would love to know what is it that you want to see um let's talk about Let's just have have some conversations about what you want to see in an online event that would be interesting and or especially if you've never played in an online event, make it so that you're like, you know, I would participate if X. So I'm going to start. I'm gonna, I want to yeet it first to Will. Whoop. Well, you've been doing some cool yes. stuff on Wednesday nights mm-hmm. with uh, mm-hmm. with the with the title fights and things like that. You and James, um, what what are you got? You got any you got any thoughts for me? So you're looking for uh, ways to 
bring in someone into the online yeah. tournament scene. Yeah. Mm. What, do you, what, 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 what do you want? If, if, if I handed you the reins and say, all right, Will, you could do whatever you want. Go crazy. What, what would you do? Oh, man. Uh, a blank check. Oof. Blank? Uh, what do yeah. you want? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's going to have to be something memorable. I, wanna com com I can't even say it. Com commemorative? Commemorative? I want something very event-specific. Does that make sense? I want to know... Right. I want to know... Uh, I ha like uh, the token or the card uh, has to have a story behind. It has to be for this for this event. So you want you want some uh, something like not quite narrative, but something thematic. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Ryan? What 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 would uh what would float your boat? What will tickle your fancy? Well, it's a little difficult because, like, on a, on a personal level, a lot of what stops me from playing the online events is the uh, even though it's uh, still just like a a full day thing, whether I'm in person or online, it's still uh, when I'm. When I'm at home, I feel like I'm more of a person that uh, would want to make sure I'm keeping an eye on Ollie, trying to do stuff around the house, yada yada. Mm -hmm. So, oddly enough, um, more on the league side of things, like not a full day event, something that I can invest less time in a single day to do, whether it's only one game or two games. Um, or um, it, that that type of thing can be executed league based or team based when you need to get matches done uh, for a round per week type of thing. Uh, like when I think XTC and other team events have done this very similarly online, where they do their matchups and pairings, they figure out who get, who has to play who based upon their pairing system that they set up for the event, mm -hmm. and then you just need your games done by X day before the week is over type of thing. Um, that also can uh, work well for a uh, not a whole day's worth of commitment for an online thing. So um, if it were me, and I want it's something that I, I would be more likely to play in, it would be not a whole day event thing. It would be yeah. when I could choose in some capacity what day I can play throughout the week and find the best time uh, in coordination with whoever I'm playing against. All right. That that can, makes sense. Can, Go for it. Can I add on something? Uh, uh, something you said. The, the team-based uh, aspect of it. Um, that actually makes me think of... Uh, do you, what was that samurai card game legend of the ten rings uh, uh, the f set oh, legend of the five five rings five rings yeah five rings yeah l5r that's L5R. right they always amped up their their like faction identity mm. as well uh we obviously been doing like top top in faction uh but really and then like seemed like well you know rebels did do so good in this cut 
um, maybe something more to where like tie, like you could represent your faction more uh, in that aspect. And I actually have like an overall faction winner. Hmm. That could be interesting. You have to find a way to incentivize or try and level the playing field faction wise. Uh, whether so, it's by the actual amount of people playing in each faction mm -hmm. or whether it's if there's less people playing in the faction not as many people need to do as good to even it out you know what i mean like kind of like not specifically but as an example when we commonly look at cut rates they sometimes end up higher for some of the factions that have less people because the people who are invested in those factions have put in more time or they're, they've been the, with those factions for a long time, so their preparation or their experience lends itself to them doing a little better. Not saying that's how it's always going to translate, uh -huh. but we can see those win rates or cut rates be higher with less popularity sometimes. So uh, can I share it? in some way that, that could uh, balance it out where you don't always need, like, okay, we need 10 people in this faction, 10 people in this faction, 10 people. Because it, it's someone's not going to be as happy about what they're so can I share an idea that I had? And I don't know. And part of it, my hesitation is what you were saying there. I had this idea that I, I, I was kind of knocking around as faction wars. Okay. And here's the idea. You play seven games. All right. Seven games. And you would, you must, you must play one faction per game. So you, you get to go through all the factions um and and you have a i don't know how the matchups would go do you choose which one do i say all right listen because it, it's a completely different feel i'll say all right to this week everybody's playing rebels everybody's playing this if everybody was playing for lack of a better term mere matches potential mere matches but you know that your only potential field is scum and villainy right you only have to worry about things from scum so how does that change the meta or my other idea would be essentially different of uh, whether it be league or something like that but basically trying to find a um a winner for each faction by having people only play a single faction is that too weird is that too niche too specific what do you think marcel I mean, it depends if you're talking about um, like an extended, uh, and I, and I've been in a tournament like that already. Mm -hmm. So somebody has done it, and it was actually pretty fun. Where the the rules that they had, I I don't remember who it was. I believe it was somebody from South America. Um, but the rules that they had was basically you have your ship, your factions that you chose. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that we would, we did seven rounds. I think it was probably like five factions. You choose you chose your factions, mm -hmm. and then you chose at the beginning of like when you played your game, you revealed only one, and that was what. So you, your okay. opponent didn't know what you were flying. You didn't. They didn't. You didn't know. They didn't know what you were flying, and you just showed up and you said, "This is my faction for the day." And then that was eliminated, so you can use that faction again to, uh, for the rest of the tournament. Um, and by the time you get to the final event, you would be able to know, like, oh, my opponent has only, has not used this, so I know right. my opponent's going to have that. And then you build your list uh, because it wasn't um, like it wasn't like you didn't submit a list. You just 
had a faction. So, and then the final round, if you were Rebels and you were playing against Empire, you're like, well, I probably don't want an Alpha because it's probably going to have Aiden in there mm -hmm. or something like that, you know? Uh, it was fun. Um, so I, I think I think that would be fun, but again, it would be a long format, not a. I don't I, I don't like the the thought of having like oh we're gonna have a a rebel tournament today. So you know you're gonna play five rounds of rebels on rebels on rebels on rebels. Like, <laughs> like that just sounds miserable. Yeah, than... and that's that's what and that's why I'm trying to gauge. Like I don't oh, know. Yeah. I'm just kind of going go, trying to figure out what what works. You know what I mean? Or what are some what what yeah. of my crazy ideas actually would be fun uh, versus fun in concept versus fun in execution. Yeah, but I think the, I like the idea of um, like a, a game a week. Um, similar to kind of like like a league format, so it's or similar to an XTC format, mm. where every week you get your parent, you get your matchup, and then there's a way to submit, you know, what faction you flew, and then your your result, and then you just eliminate your so seven factions, you're done, and then at the end, you know, you have a winner or a group of undefeated people that depends on you know how many people sign up, that will play it out. And if you, I don't know. So anyway, so that's one. Mm -hmm. um, now, as far as like, um, what do you want or what, what would be fun? Um, for more of the competitive side or mm -hmm. the invested side. So I would, I would say both for the competitive and the invested, you know, because um, this, think think about it like a like a loyalty program, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, where we've got uh, people that see us on YouTube consistently, people that are here today, um, you know, Lambolo, and and there's people that follow us on a regular basis mm -hmm. that are you know just engaged. So I would love to see a kind of a uh, and a non-official, not serious prize listing or ranking of people's um, combination of mixing the com competitiveness with the loyalty side of it. So basically, you get um, if you participate in and then not a, not just a tournament like any of these things that that are being mentioned now whether it's a league a tournament a team mm -hmm. event you know if you participate in a gold squadron hosted event thing yeah. online thing mm -hmm. you get your participation prize for a win you get you know you know, it's a, not a partition price, your participation point. So you get a point for participating. Mm -hmm. uh, for for winning three games, you part, you get three more points. For winning the entire thing, you get like a bonus five or something like that. Um, just to do uh, similar to the way that that there's we're competing for, um, you know, like the. Uh, the choose your champion poll and mm -hmm. voting like it's basically if you participate more you have more likelihood of winning so it's not necessarily who's the best player uh, or who's the best player throughout the year okay it's probably more of like who's the most consistent player and the consistent it doesn't just have to be who wins the most right is who is the most engaged who participates the most and who you know probably if there's Five people that participated in everything, then then it becomes 
which of those people actually performed the best during that during that year so um i, li I, li I like that so like a, a, a loyalty program a loyalty program slash slash i see what you're saying but like the, a, a little competition to it because yeah you might only participate you might only have time to participate in three but if you win those three events like let's say crispy he didn't participate in all of them he won mm -hmm. two right that's that's five bonus points twice that's 10 points that's like participating in 10 events like you there, there there's a there's a way for the people that don't have like ryan who don't have the opportunity to participate in so many because there's life things that uh responsibilities then you just have to show up and do really well on the ones that you do i like i like this 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 seems like a a uh an interesting way the, to potentially bring back slash re reuse the idea of the like um uh, like the, the the flight club championships type of thing over uh, over a longer period of time but it's like it's the game within the game if that makes sense i like that idea i like that idea let's take a let's take a, some peeks at uh, at the chat here see what we got here so so lambolo had mentioned uh store managers of star wars geek uh, generated some engagement goals bounties on winning players accomplish a goal uh basically some type of um an achievement list is what it sounds like right some type of some type of achievement list that could be cool and we we did something like that at pastimes one time it got a little hard to create to create all of the uh the achievements but they got pretty ridiculous as to what you were trying to do hard to manage i think it was every, yeah. um because it was, a, it was it's basically all based on self-reporting right yeah i did everything <laughs> uh let's see somebody says a seven round series seems good from robert crater um it, it, okay can i can i ask a question prizes if i said an event was completely free you didn't have to pay anything nothing at all we're gonna organize it we do everything do they matter or maybe the second question is, how much do they matter? So w what I'm asking here is, if because I will tell you, prizes for online events are the biggest logistical nightmare, hurdle, and problem. Hands down. 100%. If I didn't have to deal with prizes, we would have so significantly more events. We can get things going um especially league style stuff we could we could keep that rolling all the time in your guys opinions I, I'd, li I'd like to hear your opinions how important are prizes because we're starting to get to I, mean, I know for an experienced x-wing player i feel like we're starting to get to a, a saturation point where simple prizes may not be uh I, I, I don't know what, what what do you think uh will um, <clears throat> I was actually kind of thinking about this for, uh, well, overall, I think a free tournament where you could optionally pay for prizes if you would so choose to, like, 
uh, like the templates looked amazing. I only want to play, but I would rather pay for the templates. And then uh, if you end up, you know, getting high enough for, you know, un unlocking them, uh, you wouldn't have to pay for them maybe. Uh, but that, uh, what Marcel was saying was, I was almost thinking it would be like a prize wall if you uh, were looking at it that way to where you could potentially, at the end of the tournament, you could cash in your um, points earned, maybe, uh, to, to pick the, the one thing you actually want off of, uh, like the, the for the tournament. I have thoughts. If you guys move to another topic, I'll come back. But I got a quick honeydew that I got a honeydew. Go for it. <laughs> no worries. Uh, so, like, that could be an option. But to me, uh, obviously, I have a lot of X-Wing stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, so, like, it is always, like, the... Um, like the like the unique token uh, or the unique like template set uh, that uh, really pulls me in. If it's something like uh, the turn counters, really nice to have. I mean, mats are obviously like super nice, but that's that's a whole other level of production value. Mm -hmm. But I think you you understand what I'm saying to where it's like the that's what I was saying about like the commemorative like. Um, the, uh, the, the prizes mean a lot more if it's um, something that uh, you you were actually like striving for. You know what I mean? Like, oh right. man, I really want those templates, uh, or even like the uh, plastic card for top or whatever. Right? Mm -hmm. If that's if that what draws you in, uh, maybe having a way to guarantee that you can get that prize, pay the gold price maybe, versus. Uh, like basically feeling bad uh, for not being, what do I say? Uh, there's, there's a lot of people who I know who go to tournaments who are like, man, they're just on the cusp, right? Like they're like three and three or like right. the, the three and two player who are like, they're so close. Like they could be cut every single time. Um, but like, you know, um, more often than not, uh, they don't. So then, uh, like I said, that could be an advantageous way. Uh, I'm not sure how, uh, what do I want to say, the, uh, the, just like the pure free option would work. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess anybody could just sign up and play then if you didn't, if you just came for the experience would be the other option. Right. Like I know bragging, bragging rights have a, have definitely a, 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 a swagger to them right it's like i, mm -hmm. I did this you didn't <laughs> right and that's that's why I'm, I'm trying to trying to balance that ryan what where where are you at price wise so i think um there's a chance you might get more people interested just for the fact that some people who might want to jump in try out uh a list they wanted to use or test something out heading into a live event in the near future for them um you might get more drops from an event when uh they're knocked out right i don't know what's your average at this point like how many people actually hang around even though they've been mathematically eliminated by graduated mm -hmm. cut standards mm -hmm. um but you might get more people interested in at least dropping in for the day trying out a list um 
and not feel too committed when right. they have to pay for it, mm-hmm. um, which can have its pros and cons, right? You, either, right. you might have a lot of drop-off later, uh, but that might make your job a little easier, but maybe a little more to manage depending I mean, on how your software is handled drops and everything, which I assume shouldn't be too bad. Um, an easy counter that would be uh, an incentive to play all your games, whatever kind of reward or, um, like like I said, incentive to encourage people not to drop. Right. I think if you're if we're going off the premise that if you're playing for free, you're probably not getting prizes. It's going to be mm-hmm. hard to incentivize that, I guess. But there's at least maybe a little more incentive to actually playing in the there's no full monetary commitment it's just time um but uh whether or not like the ability to have prizes in an event that still allows people free that whole you could have an entry you'll get guaranteed some mostly participation prizes and uh-huh. depend and this is where it gets a little muddy for you Dion is does it become basically pay for prizes as in like you can pay for these cool alt arts that we made for participation purposes only and there won't be any like top tier prizes because I know you need to financially figure out and break down what of the top ranking prizes you could even give out based upon the amount of people who actually do pay for it right and you can you can make as much incentivization as you want but if it's if you don't get people to show up you can't guarantee certain items and things for a top 16 a top eight a top four and a and a finals type right and when it when it comes to you know i tried as much as possible you know to try to self-insulate for for costs and things like that and i mean i've been very open about it uh we lost money we've lost money on every single event that we have run when it comes to the finances Um, with uh, with prizes shipping and staffing and what i'm trying to do is like you know what so much of it ends up being shipping and shipping time um and then also production and then there ends up being waste in production because you have to produce certain amount beforehand and all this stuff it's like what what if you know it's it's one of those where it's like you know i with the scale that i want to do it if we can just eliminate as much of the wasted wasted time and money and say listen maybe we make some prizes available I, i'm going to use the word uh, kind of like make on demand type of participation like all right we created this series of stuff like let, let, here here's an idea so um we we create a logo design kind of thing for this series and for anybody who wants to, if you want to kind of commemorate your participation in this, you can get this stuff, hook up with maybe somebody like uh, Andrew from Curl Paw and say, listen, uh, here's the design. People can order it off of Curl Paw, but you can only order it during when this series is happening. And then that's it type of thing. Um, and just make it quick and simple. We get some digital um, – digital versions of cards like commemorative cards like i will tell you i had a blast making this year's galaxies cards and that was that was a great time and those can be very easily digitized and brought into the game and can be 
a way to commemorate a person who did well in an event. Um, yeah, I, I think you, I think doing a lot more digital based prizes that mm-hmm. essentially only require a time investment yeah. and maybe a, mo- a smaller monetary investment because you're not shipping, you're not producing, mm-hmm. but you may be paying an artist right or work on something only but just so you can produce it in a digital manner via tts maybe you could integrate some of your prizing to something special in discord or Mm -hmm. if you're a patron member and you participate in an event you unlock something else in some capacity i don't know but like something that something that doesn't add your shipping to Mm -hmm. this cost so I'm, i'm gonna jump in a little bit Hit me. And I don't know what William and you guys were talking about while I was doing my my run. And you know, we can talk about it afterwards as well. Cause, sure. Uh, I'm like I, I'm. There's a lot of things that that you can do. Um, you know, and even in the realm of um, you know, like again, it's it's about getting people excited about the game. It's about getting people playing in person. But you know, we're focusing on online right here in this conversation. And that's part of where my head was going in this competitive loyalty thing, like just getting people to participate and do more often and, and rewarding them for doing so. And, um, you know, some of the things that some of these uh, stores, st- stores, local, you know, fr- uh, what are they called? Local friendly LFG, whatever they call it. <laughs> FLGS. Thank you. Um, you know, what these stores have been doing for forever in order to kind of bankroll because they're small businesses and they're trying to basically push engagement and push the game and get and eventually get people to just participate more and then if they participate more they uh the stores benefit out of their participating more like there it's mm-hmm. kind of a, a cycle right like you got to feed it a little bit um and just borrowing into some of that and then also just from a business perspective build uh and again we to not get too deep into like the business side of it because that's kind of like your business with your 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 partners and your vendors but basically just um to strengthen up those relationships with your sponsors uh you know we're talking about district foundry curl paul uh anybody else that becomes becomes a um a sponsors these events especially if these events start start becoming free Honeydew. <laughs> Dion's got a honeydew also. Sorry, I'm um, listening. No, no, no. You, 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 you take care of it. I'll keep talking. Um, anyway, you know, if you start doing events that are free and, you know, there's still an expectation of, uh, you know, kind of getting some type of, you know, what am I what am I playing this for? for right. Fun? Yeah, but then, you know, you have people drop off after one or two rounds, like Ryan was saying, mm-hmm. is what you can do is guarantee prizes for a top X. Usually it'll be like a top four or a top eight, right? Like right. top four, we'll get these templates. Top eight, we'll get these cards. If you if you if you fail in the in the you know the round of sixteen, um, you know there's not too bad, so sad you're gone. It's kind of building on this uh, competitive and loyalty program, where you know if there's a buy-in that buy-in doesn't go into that price support for that specific um for that specific event so you're not making you know those little metal things for every single event and spending right. the cost up front for it is okay you, uh, you're paying 10 bucks to participate in this event 
that 10 bucks is going into your credit. Like you have credit and, and then you're building out, um, you know, they have store credit. Your store, the Gold Squadron store, mm-hmm. is limited. Like you get some t-shirts, you get some things. Right. So th- there's um, a limited incentive in how much you can get from a store credit in your store. Mm-hmm. But if you if you connect it with your partners, um, and again, everybody kind of benefits from it. Like, hey, you're getting store credit. You bought into it. So that's kind of cash that's yours. It's your gift card. You can right. redeem it at the Pearl Call Creative store at a, you know, at a 15% or 25%, whatever their deal is, uh, cost. So if they spent $10 with you, they get 1250 or they spent $10 to participate in the event, they get 1250 towards Pearl, Curl Paw Creative. Mm-hmm swag right for that event and then if they go further you can even do like the way that stores do it like the more the further you go the 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 bigger your pool gets so like first place will get 50 bucks right not in actual dollars but in credit that they could redeem at gold squadron store or at the the vendors that are sponsoring the events for the year uh and again i don't want to get too deep because you can you know yeah, I, I see. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I see yeah, where yeah. you're going, though. Because, I, it can make sense because then you can like work that out into your negotiations with your sponsors, being like, "Hey, you know, now it's not just about sponsoring and getting your name out there, but actually, people are going to redeem what they spent in the tournament at mm-hmm. your store, um, and then maybe that 15% discount can become a 30% discount because there's there's kind of a bigger push for them to get stuff back. Uh, maybe we can talk about it when we do Battle of Yavin, but I got different ideas and stuff cool. that i've done at other places all right that sounds good and, and i appreciate the i appreciate the brainstorm because this is this is something that um i mean i'll be honest it's just become un, unsustainable it's a we're we're, we're with the, with my current method which my current method is do what i think is cool and not worry about the cost but then when uh when it when it's time to do bookkeeping i go oh what have i done <laughs> So, let's, let's <laughs> yeah, yeah, and just so people don't mistake what I was saying, yeah, the entire point of everything is to get more people to play the game that we play, to get more people to engage in the stuff that we engage, to get more people to watch and do things, uh, and, and the things that we enjoy doing, which is podcasting, streaming, and participating in these events in a way that is not uh either taking up all of your time because you're in your basement you know putting labels yourself physically right or in a way that is making basically making you go broke you got another right. mouth to feed in here so i do i got i, uh, I just um, recently went plus one <laughs> literally so <laughs> so the, the, the point is not about like how do we make the most money it's how do we do it how do we how do, how do we make it so people can participate hmm but without and still get prizes, they choose their own prizes. But at the same time, it doesn't kind of bog you down with like having to order a bunch of stuff. Like I'm gonna yeah. order 500 of this stuff, and then you only have 250 people participate. It's right. like oh, and then if you do it too soon, then you're like, well, I'm gonna order on demand when we find out how many people show up. Right. But then people are getting their prizes like six months late, especially with like logistics being the way they are these days. Fun. 
<laughs> All right. Well, with that, I have lots of ideas. We talked about Battle of Yavin. Uh, Worlds is around the corner. And next week, we're going to bring you the Gold Squadron buying guide for holiday 2022. It's happening. Is your Christmas tree up yet? Are you waiting? Here's my question. Let's see. Mine's been up since November 1st. I know I'm a crazy person. Um, Marcel, when, when's the holiday decorations going up? I actually am considering not putting any uh, <gasps> tree up this year. Sacre bleu. What? I, I threw out my tree from last year because uh, it was just getting old and beat up. And uh, one of the cats ate one of the little things on it and we ended up spending a thousand dollars to get his stomach pumped so i'm like maybe uh maybe a tree is not a good idea true makes sense well but maybe some lights you need some, you need some i got lights you need lights i got well, lights I might, I might i might do like like some lights around the windows or something well, maybe all right cool i'll accept it will When's my tree going up? Or at least when's the decorate? Like, even if you got like a single like happy holiday sign, I don't know. Which I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how you decorate, man. I don't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the snow outside. Put, that's my decorations. Uh, uh, I I put up. Um, I normally help um, Alyssa. She's got some uh, Christmas decorations going up, so she she gets real festive, and I normally get her something for. Uh, the decorating, but no, that, at my bachelor pad, no, no All decorating. right, so then when when is the when's a tree trimming uh, at Alyssa's? Did it happen already? Mm, uh, no, not yet. All right, not yet. Probably Soon. after Thanksgiving. After Thanksgiving, like a normal person. You know? like, <laughs> I know I'm crazy. I never said I was normal, uh, Ryan. <laughs> so because. Um, Ali has his first birthday coming up and we need all the space in the world, our house to be able to host not one party. We're doing two because we need to separate because we don't have enough room. Like we have a nice porch and yeah. like a canopy and like extra tables, but his birthday's in December. So it doesn't True. really work out to be outside. Right. When it comes for like whenever he graduates anything or wants to celebrate in like spring, summer or fall. Problem. done you'll have like plenty of people easy um but seating in the house a little more difficult so to make sure we have space and people don't feel like phobic or anything mm. um we split we're having two separate parties and splitting up you know the, our, our families where one set of families gonna <laughs> you're an a person you're a b person you're an a person <laughs> you're a b. Nah, you you and grandma fight too much you're an a person you're a b person <laughs> smart that's smart so yeah we're to keep it a little bit lighter uh, around uh 15 ish or maybe a little more per uh, so that's like the first two weekends of December for us. So because space-wise, we need that space. I don't want to put up a tree yet <laughs> until later afterward, after all his birthday celebrations is done. So the earliest we're probably putting up a tree is December 17th or 18th, which is probably mm -hmm. exactly the weekend because otherwise we're putting it up the weekend of Christmas. <laughs> 
That makes that makes sense. I mean, I'm I over here. I got a kid born November thirteenth, and I'm always uh, now. I'm already. I'm considering. I was like, can we put the Christmas tree up November first now, or do I have to give her like a week buffer? But <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Do we just condition her to be like, hey, listen, there's always a Christmas tree up on your birthday. That's just part of the festivities, right? Like she's the kickoff. To the holiday season? I don't know. I don't know. I I, I have I a lot to figure don't out go there. For Christmas tree. So Ollie or no Ollie, uh, we generally didn't do any Christmas tree till after Thanksgiving. Makes sense. Makes sense. I know I'm the crazy one, but that's okay. That's why. That's why I do what I do. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for hanging out. I have a little baby to help with. And for all of you at home, be smart, be safe, stay warm. And Buffalo, are you guys okay? Hopefully. Gold <laughs> Squadron. Ow.